Welcome to the daily VFN Radio Highlights, where we're keeping the conversation light at VFNTV.com. Enjoy. Well, think about this. I think about, you know, if you haven't read the book, The Call. The Call is a prophetic journey, a prophetic mm-hmm. journey with um, Rick Joyner. The Lord took him on, and he, just, he wrote about what, you know, God was revealing to him, what he was showing to him. And when the Lord uh, um, showed him, he was vis- visually showing him, he's like walking in. It's kind of like, you know, you hear Paul talk about, I don't know if I was in the body or out of the body. When you walk with the Lord and you abide with the Lord, things happen like that. The Lord just gives you dreams and show you speaks to you, and you're just thinking, well, I don't know if I was actually in the body or mm-hmm. that was a dream. After a while, it just kind of merges and you're having this you know, encounter with God. And the Lord showed him the church and, you know, not the whole church, but parts of the church. And in this, uh, this um, allegory type understanding of the church was that, you know, some people are like caught into like these, these prison cells. It's called, it's called the call, but they're like in a cell. And, mm-hmm. these, and then, and, and then and these are Christians, Christians who, who love God and <clears throat> had real high walls around the church. And on top of the wall, I had, um, guards and these guards were teachers and every time somebody would try to escape from the prison they would start shooting at the christian who was trying to break free from the cell because Mm -hmm. that's a spiritual you know a stronghold that was holding the church in a place and so everybody you know he'd walk up to people and he would talk and even in the even in the jail cell in this dream this vision that he would actually walk up and talk to people they were in groups there still was groups within the within the jail. And when he talked to them, he'd show up and he was walking in the light. You know, we're called children of the light. He's walking in the light in his dream. And in that, uh, they would understand him because when he showed up, they could see. They could see because the light that was in his life. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't see before he showed up because they were actually under darkness. And so he would talk to them and they'd go, you're right, you're, you're absolutely right. Jesus is the Lord and we can follow him. You're supposed to, you know, whatever, you know, the word of God is being released to them and they get excited. And then he'd walk away from that group and they'd go back to where they were. They would forget everything because they didn't have their own light. And so he realized, he said, at some point he's like, you know, we got to get free from this place. And there was just one hole in the wall. You know, I'm kind of paraphrasing this. So there's one hole in the wall and you could get out through this hole but it was like every fear you ever imagined was in that hole. I mean, Second Street was written all over it. You know what I'm saying? It was that hole that you had to walk through. And, and, and everything in you says you can't go through that thing. And so he didn't for the longest time. And finally, he just, you know, long story short, he's like, I've got to get out. We've got to get out. Somebody, well, somebody's got to get out of here so we can start, you know, God will send somebody ahead to be, be able to bring the rest over. And so he starts going through this all these fears and anxieties and just all this ridicule and all these different things that happen that, that the devil just launches at you, all the shootings, the teachings. You can't do that. It's like, it's written in the scriptures. You're supposed to do this. And so he makes it through that hole in the wall. And as soon as he gets to the other side, as soon as he gets to the other side, all of it stops. He's out of the jail. He's out of the cell. He's, he's uh, out of the hole and he's free now. He's free. Mm-hmm. And all those feelings are gone. And he's thinking, why did it take me so long to be able to go through that hole? I mean, I can't believe that all this stuff. And so then he realizes he started walking along the road. There's a whole bunch of jails around like that. And it's real easy to end up back in another one again. Mm-hmm. 
You know, God has called us to be able to send us out. And the thing about freedom is, we're finding out in America that freedom, you know, there's responsibility. If we're going to be free in America, you have to be responsible with that. There, you have to be an educated uh, uh, citizen. You have to know what's going on. You have to know what kind of news you're getting. You have to, you know, if you're going to be a free in God, you actually have to know the Word of God. 81% of Christians in America don't even pick up the Bible at all. So you're subject to whatever someone's going to teach you. Whether they're right or wrong, you're not going to know because you're not picking up your Bible. And the ones that are picking it up, according to George Barna, 19% that are picking it up, only mm-hmm. 3% are taking it. For example, if, um, you know, if Jesus says, go through that hole in the wall and get free, only 3% would go through the hole. Right. The rest of them would go, I read, but I'm still in my, my dark Listening area. To the- Listening to, to the guards or the teachers of what Rick well, was shown. Well, you would think so. I mean, you, yeah. you just, you know, when I first got, when I first um, came to know the Lord, when I looked at people inside of, of, of a church, you know, I was thinking, oh man, these are like holier than thou, you know. <laughs> I remember, because I'm, you know, I'm at, you know, me and Pat, we come from some dark areas, and so it was kind of odd for us to be able to oh, yeah. come around yeah. these holy folks, you know. And we found out, though, the fact that that you know, everybody's human, you know, we're, we're all saved by grace, but it takes a while for that journey to happen. But the first thing, if you don't get discipled in Jesus Christ, what you think is that there's got the holy man and a holy building and a holy hour for a mm-hmm. holy moment and a holy road to be able to preach a holy message that you can't touch because you're not holy. You know, that's the man of the cloth. And it's like, well, the man of the cloth, that's Tarzan. <laughs> You know, we are called, all of us are called, that Word of God is written to all of us. We are the church. The church is not a physical building. It's actually you, the body of Christ. And so if you don't break away from that mindset, you show up at the building as if it is church, not realizing that you are the church that's at that building. Nothing wrong with buildings. But but the thing about it is when you start, you know, getting that Understanding, and somebody walks up to you and say, "Listen, you got to go make some disciples. You got to be a disciple, and you got to make disciples." As a matter of fact, tomorrow we're going to buy you a ticket to Pakistan, and you're going to go plant a church in Pakistan. Right. You know, and all of a sudden your mind begins to shift and go, "What?" It challenges everything. Everything that you know, but that's exactly what happened in Azusa Street. And Azusa Street, the revival that took place in 1906, mm-hmm. I believe it was, mm-hmm. that if they spoke. And, and, and they got filled with the Spirit and began to speak, and it sounded like they were speaking Mandarin or speaking Spanish. or what. They said, you, you're going to China. Yeah. You know, you're going to, going to Mexico. And they started launching missionaries around the world. That's what we're actually called to do. And we saw that earlier on our program when we were in Iran watching mm-hmm. what's taking place with the baptism in a house and how God preached. Jesus had to preach his own message in Iran because we're not actually getting free there, to yeah. go out and tell people this. But it makes me think about this, you know. If you don't the thing that keeps you safe, the thing that keeps you safe is a fear of God. Mm-hmm. The thing that keeps you safe is a fear of God. And if you don't have a fear of the Lord, you've got to have fences. Fences. You've got, to have, you've got to have big walls to protect you from the adversary. It's like children that... You know, you got to have, you know, a, a, a fence, a gate put up or infants because they'll walk right straight in the kitchen and touch something hot. You got to put a high lock on the door for uh, a toddler because they'll walk out the front door and walk into traffic. But when we don't grow up in Christ, we, we have to have mm-hmm. teachers like that. We have to have fences and walls. But when you have a fear of the Lord, you don't need a fence. 
because God, you're aware of God's eyes being on you. Did you know that freedom is a price for freedom? Mm-hmm. Being a Marine, I think you know, is a price for freedom, right? Absolutely. Actually, while we are on deployment, we actually had a saying that said, for those who fight for it, freedom has a taste that the protected will never know. Right. Because you understand the cost, you understand the sacrifice and everything that goes into it so that we can have the freedom. Right, right. It's huge. And you think about it, 1% of America serves in the, in the military, so 1% mm-hmm. defends the other 99%. <laughs> but you've got to have that 1%. There's got to be somebody, as we were talking in an earlier part of this program, the, the prophetic vision that Rick Joyner got from the Lord about uh, the church being in, you know, some of the church being in confinement, and there's this, this hole that somebody's got to go through to be yeah. able to, to, to go the way, to prepare the way ahead. Uh, you know, for the rest of the church, and God's always you know called people out from among them so that he, they could He could prepare that person or persons to be able to lead everybody to where He wants to go. Right. Right. And as you're saying that too, as you're talking about the wall, it just brings up. It reminds me of like mindsets. Oh yeah. Because you're because you're thinking about that and you're seeing you know what you're saying. You know, okay, we're called and expected to go out and make disciples. So someone, because I know. Personally, in my life too, you know, you're talking about the journey that you went through when God called you. It's just like I remember reading the Word, and you see things, and it's just like, okay, but this doesn't line up exactly with what Jesus said. And and so when you would look at what Jesus said, it it it, it confronts the reality of what's going on. It's just like right. I've got to do what Jesus says. Right. And it's and, and like you're saying, that exposes everything. And it's just like right. at that point, you have that decision of like, okay, do we stay where we are, or it's just like, what does Jesus tell us to do? Yeah, and Jesus came to set the captive free. Absolutely. And it was the people that were struggling with what they knew religiously about God to understand the freedom of God coming in the Son of God that they stuck with the religion captivity when Jesus actually came to set them free. Mm-hmm. So he showed up in the temple. He taught freedom in the Word of God. He came to, literally he says, I came to set the captive free. Yeah inside the temple and they began to want to kill him and to plot because they wanted to stay. They rather, people rather, some people rather rather be in, be a slave than to be set free. They don't say that, they complain about their captivity, they, they complain about their, their masters that they choose to submit themselves to, but they also don't want to do the work to be free. And if you don't have freedom, you're gonna need fences like we talked about in the earlier part. So it's not like institutions are bad, I mean orphanages are good, because there's not enough fathers or mothers who will parent those children. But if there's enough parents to be able to parent children, even if they're not your own biological child, you can adopt them, then you wouldn't need orphanages. So institutions are very important, but at some point we need to be able to be set free. So you think about this, even America requires us to be able to be free, to be able to have the constitution that we have. You know, you got to be participate in the process. You can't just sit back and you're seeing people today run to socialism, run to communism, a form of where government is God to take care of them because they didn't understand that we are one nation under God. The only way a nation, right. the nation of America could continue constitutionally if God allows it, and secondly, if we participate in the process and understand we gotta get outside of the fences and things that kept us and said you can't vote, you can't express yourself, you can't speak your mind, you can't worship God freely, and begin to do those things. But you have to participate and when, you don't need fences if you have a fear of the Lord. And at one time, you know, America, even, even if you didn't even know God, you had a fear of the Lord. Like in the mm-hmm. 50s and back, I mean, people who didn't even know God, they openly have, were not Christians, but they had a, a, a fear of the Lord. Today, people who pro, they profess to know Him and don't even have a fear of Him. 
He didn't change. You know, men have changed. As a matter of fact, I went to listen to this one Harvard student that he was over on a bright scholarship, and he's from Asia, from a, a communist country, and he's looking at America, and he's studying America. It's like, how does America work? Listen to what his observation is about America. Some time ago, I had a conversation with a Marxist economist from China. He was coming to the end of a Fulbright Fellowship here in Boston. And I asked him if he had learned anything that was surprising or unexpected. And without any hesitation, he said, yeah. I had no idea how critical religion is to the functioning of democracy. The reason why democracy works, he said, is not because the government was designed to oversee what everybody does, but rather democracy works because most people, most of the time, voluntarily choose to obey the law. And in your past, most Americans attended a church or a synagogue every week, and they were taught there by people who they respected. My friend went on to say that Americans followed these rules because they had come to believe that they weren't just accountable to society, they were accountable to God. My Chinese friend heightened a vague but nagging concern I've harbored inside that as religion loses its influence over the lives of Americans, what will happen to our democracy? Where are the institutions that are going to teach the next generation of Americans that they too need to voluntarily choose to obey the laws? Because if you take away religion, you can't hire enough police. If you take away religion, you cannot hire enough police. Listen, without God, without a knowledge of God, without a fear of the Lord, this doesn't work. And mm -hmm. the, the Lord has called us to be free, but we have to choose to be free. We're talking about freedom. We're talking about being free. And it is a big deal. I mean, the day that your parents tell you, well, we're seeing a new address for you, and it's not this one. I kind of say you're going to have a new home, and uh, it don't need to be anywhere in this block yeah. area. You know, we need to travel to see you a little bit, or you're joining the military, and like you're in, and you know, these things are taking place. Well, when God calls you, He calls you to train you up and disciple you, but to send you out into the world. And so many people rather be institutionalized. They rather stay within that confinement of when people are dying outside the walls of this religious cell. And, and, and people are, are, are just suffering for the cause of Christ, they, they, they mm -hmm. say, I'd rather be locked up. Because freedom, there's a price for it. Well, look at this particular clip from, and I don't, the, the movie is, it was seen on uh, VidAngel, which filters out things, so I can't tell you what the actual footage is, but this guy's name is Brooke. And Brooke was an inmate. Brooks. He, he was an inmate for years in prison because he committed a crime. And he was so used to being operating in the, in the jail and doing what was told they tell you when to eat, when, what to do, how, when to sleep, when to get up. And, and all of a sudden his sentence was done. And it was time for him to be a disciple. No, it was time for him to be free and to go in the world. It was time for him to, to trust God. He who the Son sets free is free indeed, right? Well, and he was being free from this prison. Watch what he does because everything he feels, imagine if that was you and today the Lord said, get thee up and go and I'm going to show you and you have to begin to walk in the freedom that God has given you. He said, my sheep know my voice and they follow another. I'll protect them. I'm sending you out like sheep amongst wolves, but he's sending us out.
It's the goy church, not the comey church. So watch this and think, if, is that how I would be if in fact God said today you're going for a church plant in Pakistan? Take a look. I can't take care of you no more, Jake. You're gone now. You're free. You're free. Fellas, I can't believe how fast things move on the outside. I saw an automobile once when I was a kid, but now they're everywhere. The world went and got itself in a big hurry. Got me into this halfway house called the Brewer and a job bagging groceries at the foodway. It's hard work and I try to keep up, but my hands hurt most of the time. Make sure your man double bags. Last time he didn't double bag and the bottom near came out. Make sure you double bag like the lady says, understand? Yes, sir. Sure will. I don't think the store manager likes me very much. Sometimes after work, I go to the park and feed the birds. I keep thinking Jake might just show up and say hello, but he never does. I hope wherever he is, he's doing okay and making new friends. I have trouble sleeping at night. I have bad dreams like I'm falling. I wake up scared. Sometimes it takes me a while to remember where I am. Maybe I should get me a gun and rob the foodway so they'd send me home. I could shoot the manager while I was at it. Sort of like a, a bonus. I guess I'm too old for that sort of nonsense anymore. I don't like it here. I'm tired of being afraid all the time. I've decided not to stay. I doubt they'll kick up any fuss. Not for an old crook like me.
how many people today are literally killing themselves. Constantly say, so I'd just rather shoot somebody and go back to jail again. I'd rather sin than to go on with God, than to actually go into the mission field. You think this is dramatic? The truth is, so many people, 95% of the church will not win one person to the Lord in their entire ministry. Somehow they, their entire life, they spend their entire life doing something other than what we're called to do. This is dramatic. But imagine how dramatic it was for the children that were crucified over in the Middle East, for the women that are married right now to ISIS fighters because they had a faith in Jesus Christ and they refused to deny it, for the men that were killed as they came through the villages, for the for the, uh, the, the people that just got destroyed in the Egyptian church that just took place in, in, in Egypt, the, 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 um, the, the uh, church that was there that got bombed. And you think about this. We've got to break outside the institutionalized religion and hear what our pastors and ministers are telling us and go be a doer of the word. We've got to do. God's going to hold us personally accountable for either doing or not doing. And you know what? Every critical word that you've ever made or judgment you made on others, it'll all come back on you unless you repent for it. Because as soon as you step out and you're on that bus like Brooks was and you're at that job bagging groceries again trying to reach people around you in some other country or in your own community to talk about Jesus, all those judgments, because he says, whatever, ever how you judge others, that's how judgments will come back to you. So you've got to clear up and realize there's no atheists in foxholes. When you're out there on the front lines, you're just, you're just thankful that God is with you. And God says, listen, I'm going to send you out as my witnesses. I'm going to send you out. And we're called to go out. We're not the cummy church. We're the goy church. And one thing to be able to go out is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's like training in boot camp. You need to be able to be trained in God to be able to go out. And he says, those who follow my teachings are really my disciple. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Free from what? Captivity. That you'll be able to walk outside like Brooks did, proverbially, and say, you know what? I can be free. I don't need fences. I don't need jail cells. I don't need guards. I got the fear of the Lord. I repent because of my sin, when I sin, because God's watching me, not because man's watching me, because you are who you are when you're alone. That's who you are. But when you realize you know, God's watching you and you're aware of Him and you love Him and you don't want to hurt His heart, then you say, you know what? We can do this thing. If God has called me out and I'm His disciple and I'm abiding with Him, and you can find out more about abiding at iabide.org, and discipleship at vinefellowshipnetwork.org. But it's time for us to walk outside that gate like Brooks, and instead of ending our lives like he did, it's the beginning of plenty of lives because we're going to lead plenty of people to the Lord. I want to pray with you right now. Father God, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Father God, for the freedom that you've given us, God, in this country that you've given us as believers, Lord God. And I pray for each and every one that you know, the, the, these false teachers that have taught things that tell people you have to stay in prison and stay in captivity, God, that I just speak freedom over them, God, yes. but also free, speak responsibility that they understand that they have to know you and they have to know your voice and they have to know your word and to invest in their relationship with you as you invested in your relationship with us, Father God, to draw near to you, you'll draw near to us, God. And I pray for disciples, God, they would go out and step out, Lord God, and leave the prisons behind and say, you know, I will do the work of a disciple. Lord, we ask you end abortion in America. Send revival. Send a third great awakening, we pray. In Jesus' name, God bless. 
You've just been listening to the highlights from VFN TV and the Data Radio program, where we're keeping the conversation light. Listen or watch more programs and check out the VFN Torch at VFNTV.com. Don't forget about our VFN TV app, where no matter where you are, you can take the light with you and share with your friends. We want to thank our sponsors and partners who make this program possible. Take the time and support our sponsors. You can locate them at VFNTV.com and select sponsors. If you'd like to become a sponsor or a partner, you can do so at VFNTV.com. VFNTV and the Daily Radio Program, where we're keeping the conversation light.